Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Down the right side to Lacasse. And there's a whistle. Just as Lacasse was starting to motor up, they have stopped their advantage. And there's going to be a check for a penalty. And it's going to be a penalty <laughs> for the Matildas. Melbourne waits on its feet. Steph Catley in her hometown. Left foot. It's in. The Matildas are on their way to the round of 16. Steph Catley. Yes, welcome back to the Toolkit Depot studio. Don't forget to shop winter at TKD. That was Steph Catley, of course, putting the Matildas 4-0 in front and absolutely, definitely and certainly into the round of 16 at the Women's World Cup. To talk about their 4-0 demolition of Canada last night, we have the West Australians' Ben Smith on the line. Ben, welcome. Thanks, Duff. Always a pleasure. What did you make of it, mate? They saved the best one to last. It was... I, think it's, I, don't, think it's a, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that was one of the greatest World Cup wins by an Australian... Uh, uh, soccer team, male or female, that was it was magnificent, and it was a complete, you know, about face from the team because you know the way they played last night, it was like watching two different teams. If you compare the way they played against Canada and Nigeria, where they looked cautious and not sure of themselves, and you know, over reliant on long hopeful balls into the box, last night they played with a clarity and a and a decisiveness which hadn't been evident at this tournament so far and it was uh yeah it was it was it was a great performance back to the wall i don't think anyone would have predicted they would have beaten canada the olympic champions 4-0 heading into that game it was uh it, it was one of the all-time great performances and it happened in our own backyard in front of a home crowd it was just a wonderful night which will live long in the memory so what changed from their previous two matches? They were nervous against Ireland. They were sloppy against um, Nigeria. Was it mainly attitudinal, do you think? I think there was a bit of... I definitely think against Ireland on the opening night, I think there were a bit of nerves. As, you know, as you come to expect uh, from the opening game of the World Cup, you know, it's, it's never an easy game. And I think Nigeria, but like you said, they were sloppy... Uh, especially defensively, you know, they gave up a lot and, um, you yeah, and Nigeria were clinical and they, you know, made them pay. Uh, I think in terms of just, they just kept the ball better last night. They weren't lofting high long balls into a box uh, at every given opportunity. Uh, they tried to keep the ball on the floor and it and it worked for them. They were able to hit the feet of, you know, of Caitlin Ford and Seth Catley, who were fantastic down the left-hand side. But, you know, they played together at club level for Arsenal and, you know, you can tell that the uh, you know the connection they had it was so evident last night, and I th- you know Steph Catley was able to roam forward a bit more because the ball was on the floor a bit more because she was getting it to feet, uh, and I thought that really helped the Matildas. Um, they were yeah, they just played like there was an ur- urgency to you know the way they threw themselves into tackles and 
there was a clarity to the way they played, which they hadn't really shown in the previous two games. And I think attitudinal, yeah, there was probably a bit of a, um, you know, a bit of a shift. It went from maybe scared, being scared to make mistakes in the first two games to we need to try and win this game, um, which, you know, it's not always an easy uh, you know, sh- shift to make, but they, they pulled it off. And, you know, I thought they played without fear last night, which was... Uh, which was really interesting after the after the opening two games, where I I don't think they were at their most confident. You mentioned Caitlin Ford. Her runs down that left side really disrupted the Canadian defence, didn't they? And probably created a lot of opportunities for for other players. Haley Razzo, of course, cashed in on that with two goals. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, Caitlin Ford over the last nine months, she's been shifted into a central role for the Matildas you know, often playing behind Sam Kerr. And it, I actually think it's been, she's been fantastic in that role when she has played off Kerr, off Kerr and, you know, she can combine with Sam Kerr because she's got a very good partnership with uh, in the final third. And I think without Kerr in the lineup at the moment, the fact that, you know, she Ford was leading the line, but it's not, she wasn't playing a natural game. Uh, and so I think, you know, credit to Tony Gustafsson, you know, who, you know, I did slam after the Nigeria Result. I didn't think he he managed that game well, but he made a big call to to move forward to the left, and it worked. It paid dividends. It was the best she's played this this tournament, um, and you know the fact she just had that familiarity with Catley, that kind of you know that understanding they have they have on the field was palpable, and Canada just couldn't live with it. And you know, Haley Razzo on the right wing was you know that first half was probably the best football I've seen her play for, for the national team, and. Um, yeah, there were just so many players who stepped up. Like Ellie Carpenter, you know, had her best game of the tournament by far. I thought Mary Fowler, who obviously missed the Nigeria game for a concussion, she was just, you know, she, she was bouncing around. She was energetic. She was everything the Matildas needed her to be and uh, got a very deserved goal as well. She, um, she really transformed that side, particularly just through the middle, just getting between enemy lines, you know, getting the ball, kind of linking up. It was... Yeah, just an all-round great performance from the Matildas. Yeah, she's, she has that great touch with her feet, doesn't she, Fowler? And she often sends them north when she's really heading south. And uh, uh, that that creates space and time for teammates around her. And some of our more dangerous attacks were were off the back of her deception and her ability to, to send them one way and then go the other way. I thought she was terrific. She was. And she's only 20 years old, Duff. She mm. is so young. And just, yeah, she's just so, you know, precociously talented. And, you know, the big jumps she's made in her game, she, her movement, you know, off the ball has really come on leaps and bounds in the last, you know, two or, two or so years. Um, she's gone from being a, an exciting young player with a lot of talent to someone who is now making tangible difference to the Matildas. And, and like I said, at just 20 years old, you know, the sky's the limit for her and, I thought against Ireland on the in the opening game, she was a bit nervy. She didn't quite, you know, impact the game as she would have liked. But you know, with everything on the line against Canada, who you know they're the reigning Olympic champions, they're a very good team. With everything on the line against them, you know, I thought Fowler was fantastic. She, um, you know, she from a defensive point of view as well, she pressed really well. She didn't give them much time on the ball. She sat, she sat in when she needed to. But you know, in terms of leading the line, um, yeah, I thought she was great. Fascinated by soccer's concussion protocols, Ben. Um, 
she was concussed the day before the the Nigeria game. She plays in this one. What what are the actual rules in in soccer? What what happens if you get a concussion? How long do you have to sit out? I'm not sure. There's a. I believe it may be four or five days. I know. So for a bit of context, AV, uh, Ivy Lewick uh, was also concussed uh, in the Matildas training on the same day as Mary Fowler, and she actually failed the concussion protocols. Uh, for this game, so she was actually she wasn't available last night. Now, Avi Lewis probably wouldn't have played um, either, but I mean either way. But yeah, um, I don't. I mean, I don't know the extent of what Mary Fowler's head knock is. Um, they get reevaluated between eighteen and seventy-two hours after the initial uh, head injury. Um, but yeah, I, I know FIFA does take concussions. You know, well has these you know, quite strict concussion guidelines uh, in play. Uh, but, yeah, it is, um, it is considering we're having this chat at AFL level after the, uh, the Aaliyah Aaliyah and uh, Lockie Jones incident on the, uh, on the weekend, it is it's very stark contrast, isn't it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Aaliyah Aaliyah was in la-la land, really, so I don't know yeah. how, they, how that got through. Um, Katrina Gorry was really good, really busy around the middle, and pretty tough as well. Got a couple of uh, got a foot stomped on a couple of times and stayed out there. Yeah, there's not really another Australian player quite like Katrina Gorry. Um, particularly from a midfield point of view, she is, uh, she, you know, male or female. I don't think Australia has a has a midfielder who can control games like her. Uh, I thought first half she was, you know, a bit. Um, she didn't get on the ball much. She wasn't able to influence the game in possession much but defensively you know her and Kira Cooney Cross they sat deep they clogged up the passing lanes they made it really tough for Canada to play through them it, meant, it led to Canada kind of circulating the possession around the back a lot but not actually being able to progress the ball and make inroads up the field uh, and I thought Gorry and uh, Cooney Cross from a defensive standpoint first half were excellent and in the second half when Game opened up a bit. I thought that's where Gory really shone, and she was able to get on the ball a bit more. She was able to, you know, create a bit of time and space for herself to slow the pace down when she needed to, but also hit those quick, you know, transition balls to Caitlin Ford on the counter attack. Um, you know, I think she played a fantastic pass for Steph Catley, um, which uh, ended in a cross, which was begging to be tucked away quite early in that second half. And yeah, she's just a kid. You know, she's hard as nails as well. She loves to tackle. You know, as technically gifted as she has, she she's also, you know, she will get stuck in. She'll put her body on the line. Um, yeah, she's just, a, she's, it's so, it's just great to watch her. She's a phenomenally talented player. And I'm glad kind of Australia are getting a, a bit of a chance to kind of, to realise just how good she is. Yeah, absolutely. And she's very uh, technically gifted with those tackles too. She tends to get all ball when she goes in low and hard. And uh, uh, so she's not giving up fouls and, and, and that sort of thing. Hey, uh, the sobering uh, part of all this is it, it does give Sam Kerr another week to get that calf injury right. But just watching on the, her on the bench, Ben, I'm a bit pessimistic about how bad this calf injury is and how long it's going to be. I'm not seeing any signs that she's that close to playing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you know, people who were at the stadium yesterday um, were saying she wasn't warming up with the rest of the team. She had her boots on, but she wasn't going through the normal, uh, you know, the normal warm-ups as you'd expect. So 
that's, I mean, it's gonna, she's already had the most talks about calf in Australian history. I think, you know, the next week is going to ramp up even more. And thankfully, you know, the Matilda's winning means, A, she will have, she does have that outside chance of appearing at this World Cup. And, you know, the next game will be on Monday. So she's got another week to prepare. You know, I think that would put her at around about, you know, two and a half weeks, I think, um, from the initial uh, injury. So, you know, there's a bit of hope there, but, you know, and a lot can happen in a week. Uh, but again, you know, it's it's really it's really tough to see her on the sidelines at the moment. Um, the flip side of it is Matildas have proved that they can get it done without her, and that's that's a really important step this team needed to make. Yeah, I think there are two types of calf injuries. There's the minor one, which will put you sort of out for a couple of weeks, and then there's the major one that's more like four to six weeks, and just. We're going to know, aren't we, by this time next week as to which one it is. And just, again, watching her on the sidelines, even a couple of times when she was walking, I detected still um, a, a bit of a limp there. And if you're still limping when you're walking um, after about two weeks, you suspect it might be the major one. So it may be a couple of more weeks. Hopefully we can get through a couple of more uh, of these elimination rounds, maybe into a quarter or semifinal and, and, and get her back. Who's our likely opponent in the round of 16, Ben? So we're going to play one of... So we're going to obviously having top group B, which I don't think anyone was even thinking about last night. I think we were just more focused on getting out of the group. But given Nigeria's draw with, uh, with the Irish, uh, it means Australia are now top of group B after the group stage. So we'll play the runner-up of group D. Uh, England are currently top of group D. Uh, and then you've got uh, Denmark and Haiti, who are playing uh, in Perth tonight. Uh, Denmark is second, they've won one game. Uh, China are third, they've won one game. Haiti yet to win. So Haiti are an outside chance, but they'd have to beat Denmark by a couple of goals in Perth tonight, which would be, you know, an incredible shock. Denmark, uh, you know, they're in the box seat to go through. Uh, they just need to beat Haiti and, you know, hope that, uh, well, I think even if China beat England, Denmark will probably go through on... Uh, well, should go through a goal difference, uh, provided they, you know, score a couple against Haiti. Uh, but, yeah, it would most likely be, I'd say, one of Denmark or China. And I think, you know, having watched both teams this tournament, uh, you know, I, I don't fear either of those sides in the way that I'd fear, you know, Matilda's England. That's not to say that, you know, neither of those teams uh, will be easy because I think, you know, I'd... From a defensive point of view, China really impressed me against Denmark. And Denmark have players like Pinilla Harder, who is, you know, one of the best players in the world. And Katrine Kuhl, who was, you know, I think she was fantastic in midfield against China. Uh, but, yeah, I think Matilda's, you know, especially after coming off the back of that performance, I think they would feel very confident about beating, you know, whoever they have to in the round of 16. Uh, thankfully, I don't think it will, it will be England uh, because I think that might be a bit of a... That would be the banana skin, which I'm not sure they'd be able to to uh, to avoid. But yeah, I I think uh, against Denmark or China, I'm backing the Matildas at this point. Ben Smith from the West Australians really enjoyed reading your stuff today, Ben. Uh, you can catch up with that in the West today, and uh, look forward to talking to you more. Hopefully, for uh, two or three more games as the Matildas progress further through this tournament. No worries. Cheers, Duff.